So we're going to um, get into worship. That's what the subject is this morning, isn't it? And none other than Steve, who is our worship director. He's going first, and then we're hearing from Ruben. So thanks, Steve. Good morning. Oh, that was cool. Good morning. I don't think I've ever had that before. That was kind of cool. It's like, what it must feel like to be a teacher. All right. I am really, really excited to talk about worship this morning. It's obviously something I'm really passionate about. It's a big part of my life, and I'm just really honored to be able to share some of that with you. I could talk about worship for days. You know, when, when um, Pastor Paul and Ruth asked me to talk about worship, I'm like, great, six you know, six-week series on worship, like 15 minutes. Okay, so I've really prayed about it and condensed it down to what I feel God really wants me to talk about worship with you guys this morning. I really pray that it blesses you in your your walk with God. Okay, so when we talk about worship, we're not just talking about singing. Singing's part of it, but it's also talking about our time in prayer, about reading the Word of God, about our giving, about serving in the, in the house of God, about serving in the community, everything we do. But this morning, I'm going to talk about the singing. Why do we start church, first 20 minutes, about singing, with, with singing songs? Is it some sort of, some sort of recipe? You know, has, has, has God put out this checklist, you know, I can imagine Gabriel sitting up in heaven with his iPad. He used to have parchment, but he's moved on. He's like, okay, so this morning, Excite's done four songs. Two of them were fast, two of them were slow. At least one was written by Hillsong. They've done communion, offering, and church news. God, you can show up and encounter them. Of course not. I believe it's a spiritual principle that's set out in Scripture. And it starts in Psalm 100, verses 1 to 5 which says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Has the verse come up behind me? It hasn't. That's okay. We're going to jump to verse 4 where it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Now, when David, King David, who wrote that, um, was writing that, of course, it was the time before Jesus came and he was painting a picture about the temple of God where to enter in and encounter God in the Holy of Holies where the presence of God walked, you had to go through a series of steps. And he's saying the first two steps of those are praise and worship. But we know that now the presence of God isn't in a building. It's not in a box. It's inside us. The word says our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So his presence is with us wherever we go. So do we still have to do that? Although the presence of God has changed. I still believe he wants us to follow that principle throughout our lives. And, and the New Testament, I won't bring it up for the sake of, or read it for the sake of time, but Colossians 3.16, Ephesians 5, Acts 16, all talk about praise and worship in the New Testament and that leading to breakthrough. And I think it's a really important part of what we do, not just on Sundays though. Yeah, often, well, reasonably regularly, we might get together with family or friends and eat together, right? It's a good thing to do together. But that's not the only time I eat. I eat regularly. I eat every day. I eat far too much every day. Uh, It should be the same with our praise and worship and our prayer life and our reading the word and our other areas of serving. It's not just for Sunday morning. It's for every area in our life. So as I talk about why God wants us to praise and worship, 
just keep in mind that I'm not just talking about 20 minutes on Sunday morning. I'm talking through your whole, day, whole week. So, why does God want us to, to worship? It's not just because, he doesn't say it just because he wants to be, feel puffed up, you know. He doesn't need us to praise and worship him. He doesn't need us to, to do that because it pleases him. And it does please him. But his word says if we don't praise and worship, the very rocks will cry out. I think, and like in many of the things of God, he's not doing it for his sake, but for ours. So I want to talk about what praise and worship does for you. The first thing I believe that praise and worship does is it lifts your spirits. Um, Psalm 42.5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise your name. Sorry, it says, for I shall yet praise him. I'm reading it wrong. I'm paraphrasing. It's the Steve version. Um, and I just love those words. David is, is so poetic with what he writes. Um, but those words, why are you cast down, O my soul? You can really feel what he's thinking at the time. Now, this is the guy that wrote most of the book of the Psalms. He is known as the worshiper, you know. And he's the one saying this. And I love what another translation says. It says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. You know, all of us have days where we feel discouraged, where we feel down or sad or worried or stressed. And if we start our devotional time like that, that's what we're going to be focusing on. But the first thing praise and worship does is we sing those songs as to lift your spirits. So that's one of the reasons I love singing praise and worship songs on my way to work. I'm on my way from here to Kaikoi, and I'm blasting those praise and worship songs and singing at the top of my lungs. Now, I've got a little bit of a secret for you. I can't sing in tune. See, that's why I'm behind the keyboard, not the front line. We've got people that are skilled at it, like the Bible says. You know, we've got Chloe and Harmony and Deb who are skilled at singing in tune. You won't catch me singing into a microphone for your guys' sake. But I believe in those times of devotional times during the week and on Sunday mornings, God cares more about what's in here than whether you're in tune or not. And um, I'm going to be back in my mind in a second. It's going to get there. Um, as we praise and worship, and on my way to work, I want to lift my spirits. I play praise and worship in my office at work. You can't always do that, but I'm, I'm fortunate that I can um, just quietly when I don't have any customers in there because it lifts my spirit. On my way home from work, I'm doing the same thing because I want my spirits lifted. Now, one of the things about everything that I'm talking about here, for it to work, you've got to engage in the worship. If you're just singing the songs for the sake of singing the songs, it's not going to do anything for you. But if you sing those songs out of here, you engage with the creator that you're singing it to, then it's going to start working. And one of the things I found is that you can't sing a song, like if I'm feeling down, I'll start singing like the songs we sung this morning. Yeah. I've got to let you know that I'm so thankful for everything you have done. Put your hands up. See, I told you I couldn't sing. Everybody, as soon as I start singing that, my spirits lift. If I'm feeling worried or stressed about something, again, a song we sung this morning, no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. If you sing that and you mean it, your spirits will lift. Once they've lifted our spirits, the next thing, once worship has lifted our spirits, the next thing worship does is focuses our heart on Jesus. 
Psalm 42, and uh, no, I've just already read that one. Colossians 3, 1 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. That's saying, focus your heart on Jesus. You see, when we focus on Jesus, the other things start to go out of focus. There are so many distractions in this life we lead. Yeah, there's distractions. You know, when you're trying to have your quiet time, or my quiet time's not quiet, so I don't call it that. I call it my devotional time. But when I try and have my devotional time, I find that's when my brain starts thinking over, you know, things that the kids need for school, or things I need to do at work, or the finances, or just lists of things start running through my head. And focusing on Jesus starts to make those fade into the background. I mean, in this in this time, we've got. Constant, constant notifications. Facebook, messenger, text message, email. And we've got to turn ourselves off of those distractions. Part of that is put your phone on silent. The other part is to focus on Jesus. And Josh, are those photos working, mate? Yep, cool. Um, There's a trick photographers use. Um, I'm glad I I saw, um, of course, Kerry here, but I'm really glad Chris isn't here because I'm going to really break the rules of photography. Um, (laughs) because I'm not going to explain it quite properly. Um, there's, oh, oh, there we go, it's done to work. Right, so, what is the subject of this picture? Winnie the Pooh, Piglet. There's some stuff in the background, there's some toys and a couch leg, yeah? There's a trick photographers use using Aperture. It's a tool they use, and we're going to bring up the next picture. What's the subject of that picture? You can see all the other distractions are gone. And that's what worship does. As it's a tool we've got to change the, the focus of our hearts to focus on Jesus. To focus on the person that is Jesus Christ. And that allows us to do the third thing. And the third thing, once worship has lifted our spirits and focused, it on, focused us on Jesus, it tunes our heart into what God has to say to us. I picture it like an old radio, you know, with the dial and the the little bar that moves across, and it's tonight at the six o'clock news. And that's what worship does for us. Once we've focused on him, we can then hear what he has to say. So in your devotional time, if you've focused on Jesus and tuned into what he has to say, and then you start praying, in that prayer time you're focused, you're tuned in, God will guide you in, in your prayers. God will speak to you in your prayers, and you'll be ready to hear him. Just like the radio the radio is always playing. You just have to be tuned into it to listen. If you pray and worship before you read the word and you're tuned into what he has to say, the words on the page don't change. They're the same words, but they will jump out at you and they will impact right here. If you're focused on Jesus and tuned into what he has to say, those words will start making a difference in your life. I was talking to Pastor Paul a couple of weeks ago and I was all excited. I'm like, hey, Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, I was reading Psalm 22 and, and you know what? It's all about Jesus. It was written a thousand years before Jesus was born, and it's all about Jesus. And, of course, this was no surprise to Pastor Paul. He's like, yeah, you know what? 21 and 23 are too. Really? When I was at home, read them again. I'm like, ah, they are too. These things will start reaching out and hitting you right here as you read them. So I'm probably running out of time, I think. Um... So I want to move on to um, the next bit. Um, As soon as my brain catches up with me, because this bit isn't in my notes. 
Give me just a second. So it's my turn to focus on Jesus and tune into what the Holy Spirit wants me to say. <laughs> um, now, for, you might say, okay, it's easy for you to praise and worship on your way to work and any time you're in the worship team. I've already told you, I can't sing, but I declare these songs with everything that's in my heart. I just sing along to the CD. I'm going to be honest. I, you know, in my, my praise and worship times, if I'm playing piano, I'm more foc- I'm doing that as an act of worship, but I'm more focused on what chords I'm playing. So at those times, I just sing along with the CD. Now, you might have your favorite CD from, uh, from your favorite worship artist at home that you can play, but you might not. And if you don't have that praise and worship at home, I've got to say, we can get rid of Winnie the Pooh now. His job's done. He can go back to, to his honeypot. Um, this generation has access to more praise and worship songs than any generation before it. Who's got some sort of device that connects to the internet? Computer, cell phone, tablet, PlayStation? Almost everything connects to the internet now. Things like iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, iHeartRadio, they all have praise and worship mixes that you can grab from almost anywhere you are. The problem I have with that is that there's so much good praise and worship out there, I don't know what to listen to. And I don't know about you guys, but when I'm trying to get into praise and worship to a song I've never heard before, I find it a little bit harder until I've learned that song. Yeah. So what we've done, I've got some help from Josh, and we've done on our um, Excite TV YouTube channel, and I'm sure there's links to that on Facebook and our website, I'm sure. Josh is nodding at me, so that's good. If they're not, there will be. Uh, I was talking, what, what were you saying? I was just nodding because I thought I should. Um, there's, if you go onto our Excite TV YouTube channel, you click playlists. There's two playlists there. There's a praise playlist and a worship playlist. What that simply means, praise is just a way of defining it. Generally, the faster songs, the songs of celebration. Worship songs are the songs more of devotion and the slower songs. And those playlists are the songs that the worship team pick most of our Sunday songs from. Not all of them, but most of them. And the reason those are there is now you can go and you can click on them, and the songs we sing on a Sunday morning, you can have it, your worship time. And where I can, I've done a lyric video, but there's a couple of reasons we've done that with those songs. First off, those songs have been picked in, um, you know, with the leadership team, with Pastors Paul and Ruth. Those songs line up with what the Bible says, and they're uplifting songs that match Excite's DNA. The other thing is you will already know those songs, so you'll be able to praise and worship to them. Okay, so those are there for you during the week. Um, the next thing we're going to do is put a what the worship team's listening to and some praise and worship songs that may be coming in the, in the next few months just for you to worship to. So this week, I'm pretty sure I'm out of time now, um, so I'm about to hand over to Reuben. But this week, as you have your devotional time, I encourage you to praise and worship and to use that to lift your spirits, to focus on Jesus, and to hear what God has to say to you. Thanks. Thank you, thank you, and thank you, Steve, too. Wow, yeah, worship, what a powerful subject, and what a short amount of time to talk about it, like Steve said. There's power in worship, absolutely, and he's right about the focus. The focus is important. See, worship isn't just listening to our awesome band and get carried away by their spiritual gifts and letting that sweep you off your feet. It's not just about that. That is awesome. It's about where your heart is. 
I'm just going to, I'm going to pray for me right now, just quickly. (laughs) I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that I am focused on you now, Lord. And I, no matter what I've written on the pages here, Lord, this is the best I could do. This is my work I've brought to you. And now I just want you to take that, change it if you need to, Lord, spit it out through me and let someone here receive it. Someone here needs to receive it, Lord. So I just pray it's your words today and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Well, well, Jesus was very, very specific about worship, but the scripture that I came across is, is a scripture that, you know, I've often had said to me, like, how should we worship? How should we worship? And they bring this scripture up. It's when Jesus is at the well, and he's sitting there, and his disciples are going off to get, get a kai, and, um, and he's sitting there by himself, and a Samaritan woman comes up and starts speaking to him, and they start talking about a number of things, and then Jesus it comes around to Jesus calling her out on her personal life and a few things she's doing wrong, and she tries to distract him by talking about worship. And he comes back with this, Jen. He says, this is in John four twenty-three to 24, but the time is coming indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those, He's looking for those who will worship Him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. What does it even mean to worship in spirit and in truth? I didn't know. I've had so many people talk to me about this, and I tell you what, if you start Googling this, you come across some crazy things. One guy was trying to tell everybody that to worship in truth means you're not allowed, you're not allowed this, you're not allowed drums, guitar, not allowed, based it in scripture he did, or based it on what was missing from scripture more importantly. Yeah, we try not to add too much on to what the word actually says. What it means to worship in spirit When you're doing something in a certain spirit, it's a certain focus. It's a certain condition of your heart. It's like a filter that you pass things through. It's what you are relying on when you go about something. Spirit is an attitude. Your worship needs to come from a heart or a spirit for God, a focus on Him and not external sources. So I can see where this guy was coming from. If I'm focusing on what Steve's doing up here, it never happens really, but when he plays a bum note, I'm going to get thrown off because I'm focusing on him. All of a sudden, I've dropped out of worship. Our focus needs to be on him and what, more importantly, what he's done for us. Philippians 3 3. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. We rely on what Christ has done for us. We were circumcised when we came to him. Thankfully, the next scripture I've got, Colossians 2.11, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Whew. Praise, God. Praise God. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. The cutting away of your sinful nature. The circumcision of our sinful nature frees us to worship God in spirit, not bound by our old self, not bound by our old habits or our old trappings or what we have been deceived into in our old life. 
we now have been given the power to be freed from that and worship our Father in spirit freely. It's a freeing thing. Absolutely. Which is ironic because later I'll talk about how we're a slave to God. But it is freeing. (laughs) Once we truly receive Christ and allow him to make that change in us, we receive his spirit and, and cutting out and calling out in worship to our Father becomes natural. Our spirit is connecting with his. Romans 8, 16, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. When we receive Christ, we receive his spirit, and it's that spirit in us that enables us to just cry out to God. That's our connection to his spirit. So spirit, the spirit part of worshiping in spirit and truth, it's about here. It's not about everything else that's around you. It's about in here. And like Steve said, worship comes in many forms. We're just talking about worship here in the beginning of the congregation. But worship, like he says, is the time you spend with the Lord in the Bible. Your tithing. How you conduct yourself in public. How you conduct yourself at work. All these things need to be done in spirit of Christ. And it's then that you'll experience that connection, that blessing. And you will, like it says here, just naturally call out Abba Father. You'll naturally feel that connection to him. It's a spirit thing. And in truth, in truth, John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. To worship in truth is to worship in Jesus. To do this, we submit ourselves solely to Him, give Him authority over all the aspects of our lives. We need to recognize God's will for our lives and obey this over our own nature, which we can do because He's cut it off. When we came to Him, He cut off that bondage to our own nature, our own old self. So the things that we were relying on, the addictions, the, the things that took up our time, the things that really bothered and stressed us, for me it was, it was money, it was control, my sense of just needing to be in control. I didn't do a very good job of it anyway because I don't have much money, so <laughs> I might as well hand it over to Christ. Yeah? But when I came to him, he enabled me to do that. He freed me from it. And he presented me with a choice of either being a slave to that old self I can come to Christ and go, Lord, you have it all. And then on Monday morning go, what am I going to do to pay this bill? And I've chosen I've chosen to become a slave to my old self. But he has given me the ability to become a slave to him, which leads to righteous living. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Romans 6, 16 to 18. You can choose to obey God which leads to righteous living. And in 18 it says, Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Slaves to righteous living is actually a freeing thing. Yeah? If you're still allowing yourself to be enslaved to sin, still unrepentantly following the desires of your old self, 
then entering into a place of truthful worship becomes difficult. It does for me. But the good news is when we accept Jesus and allow him to perform that spiritual circumcision, those chains that bind us to our old self have been broken and we're free to follow Christ and be made righteous in him. If we're struggling to to connect, if there's a blockage there, like there has been for me, this week week has been a, a hard week for me. There have been blockages that I've had to deal with, spiritual blockages. I've been confronted with decisions and choices that go against my old nature. And, you know, I can go through weeks where I think, yeah, I've, I've, I have the victory. Jesus has the victory. I, I, I'm good through him, and this is, this is easy. It's a walk in a park. But uh, a saying that I heard, another level, another devil. When you're good here, he's going to test you with more. He wants you to further. He wants us to grow spiritually. He wants us to be built up and get better and better. He doesn't want us to just sit in one place and be happy where we are. He wants us to be content with what we've got, but he wants to give us more. But we need to be ready for it. You hear all those people that just win the lotto, but they're not ready for it, and it's gone within a week? Hey, not me. I wouldn't do that. No, but the lotto's bad, eh? It is. It is. And that's the reason. Because if you haven't been prepared for something, no matter how good it is, you won't be a good custodian of it, you know? And God wants us to not just have everything all of a sudden. He just wants us to be prepared to move forward, to take ground where he wants us to take it and be blessed. It's a lasting thing. Romans 12, 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Because of all that he has done for you. Not because you think it's the right thing to do, but because of all that Christ has done for us. I offer my services. I I serve in the church not because I think this makes me a good Christian. This makes me a good person. I serve in the church with a heart for Christ because he has set me free from the things that held me down and held me back. He has broken those chains and I tell you what, I just praise him and worship him every day because of it. Because I thought I was good then. I thought I had it all sorted and you just don't know until you've experienced the love of Christ. You don't know until he's freed you just how good it can be. Amen? Amen. Let them be, your bodies, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind that will, he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This is truly the way to worship him. So to worship in truth is to offer yourself to God as a living and holy sacrifice sacrifice because of what he's done amen amen i just want to pray now again just for those that are here lord father i just pray that someone here i I know someone here is just in the same situation i've been father very similar lord where they are held back by something there's a blockage there father 
in their life. And Lord, I just pray that you just enter into their heart and do your work. Circumcise them from their old self, Lord. Show them that the chains are broken, Father. Let them be free from their sinful nature, Lord, and then abound in you. Become, choose to be a slave to you, Father. Lord, I just pray that there's freedom here this morning, Lord. Freedom from those old addictions. Freedom from those old, that, that mindset that they're, they're trapped, Lord. Everybody is free in you, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, for the gift you've given me. I thank you for the gift you've given us, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, Lord. Amen.